Hey guys, this is Mark Savage, the director, producer, and um, writer of Masturbating Gunman. I hear you're going to chat about it, and uh, I'm not sure, um, maybe dissect it, perform an autopsy on it. Well, whatever you do, um, have fun, and uh, try to enjoy yourself just like our man on the screen enjoys himself. All the best. And what's up, everybody, and welcome to Lights, Camera, Exploitation, your guide to exploitive cinema. This is the pod boss, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is my doppelganger, Kanga Banger, from down under, Mr. Brody Kane. Howdy, howdy, my mateys. And the second man on the grassy knoll, Mr. Slick Nick. How are you lovely people doing? And today we have a doozy of an episode, but first, it's time for your Slice Life! Brody Kane, how goes it? Yeah, no, it all goes well down this way, Mr. Bowser. Yeah, um, flat out of work as always, um, trying to mix work with uh, working on set. Got a couple of days coming up next week on the TV series that I've been working on and, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Other than that, come home the other night to some lovely uh, Blu-rays waiting for me. Um, so I got Possession uh, from 1981 starring Sam Neill from Umbrella Entertainment, doozy of a film. If you haven't seen it, definitely suss it out. It's very, very underappreciated. And I got Snake Eater 2 and 3 from NSM Records. So they are German media books. Um, yeah, a bit like the first one I bought. So I've got all three of them now. I'm just waiting for that fourth film to be made. Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> <laughs> Make that shit happen. Um, but yeah, no, other, other than that, watch this fucking awesome film. Um, got to have a little chat with Savage over Facebook about it. Um, a doozy of a time. Uh, he's, he's super fun to actually talk to. Um, and I will talk about some of what we spoke about in our notes. But yeah, uh, other than that, not much else. What about you, Slick Nick? Not too much on over here. It's been all right. Um, <clears throat> I did watch a new movie that just came out this week. I saw the new Dune the other day. Um, that is a fucking good movie. <laughs> uh, I had some pretty high hopes for it, but I actually didn't realize until about what, like halfway watching through it that it's the same director from uh, Enemy and Sicario. And Sicario is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I think that directorial style really comes over and it really does pretty damn well for Dune. I know the uh, the 80s David Lynch movie did not get well received. <laughs> <laughs> not his um, fault but i think if uh part two is just as good as part one this is probably going to be one of like the best sci-fi epics of our time that's what aaron said and uh aaron was recommending it before i started watching it and he was like if two goes well this could be like sci-fi lord of the rings aaron from beetle bros and uh death talk by the way indeed yes um but yeah uh so did that um the only other thing I can really think of other than work are doing a uh, <laughs> retrospective watch party of the Riddick series uh, starting tonight. We're going to start watching Pitch Black, so I'm going to do that with a few friends. That should be fun. Um, but yeah, that's really about it other than uh, other than work. Uh, what about you, TJ? What have you been up to? Well, I got some things from the Scream Factory sale, including Lake Placid, Road Games, Day of the Dead, and Land of the Dead. For some reason, I never picked those up, but I got them on the cheap on that Scream Factory sale, so why the fuck not? Criterion announced that they're having a 50% off sale, so God help us all. And we are four weeks away from the Vinegar Syndrome sale, so my body and wallet is ready. I can't wait for that. <laughs> but yeah, I've just been busy with some uh, pre-production stuff and getting stuff ready on the website, teaching the boys how to upload and stuff, keeping this podcast network moving and grooving. I just want to shout out to uh, all you Australians that tuned in to this podcast the last couple weeks and kept us in the Australian charts. Thank you so much. We are just completely enamored by the reception of this show and that the fact that people even listen to it in the first place thank you and uh keep listening please <laughs> hell yeah but 
we present to you this week's episode, The Masturbating Gunman! Your mission is to find me a virgin. A woman who will be the vessel for the passage of my lineage. Sir, she is the sister of the famous masturbating gunman. He could ruin everything, sir. My sister's been kidnapped. Are you sure, Henry? So this is a masturbating gun. You know, they, they told me this film was called Family Business. But everyone's been saying something about masturbation. <laughs> so in a way, and I don't mean it in a wanky way to say like it's a super deep and meaningful movie, but definitely it, it, I didn't just make it to make a film about a guy who jerks off onto his own face. <laughs> Soon, my purple-headed friend, you will be ready to sow your seed. And that is from director Mark Savage, who also did Marauders in 1986, Defenseless, A Blood Symphony in 2004, Kinderplay in 2013, and Purgatory Road in 2017. Writers Haruki Koto, cinematographer David Richardson, who also did Sensitive New Age Killer in 2000, A Bullet in the Arse in 2003, and The 25th Reich in 2012. Music by Byrony Marks, who worked on Noise in 2007, Hawk in 2010, and Felony in 2013. Production design, Jean-Pierre Mulot. Makeup, Helene Glover, who also worked on a royal commission in the Australian economy in 1993, The Bank Job in 2008, and I, Frankenstein in 2014. Producers, Peter Van Graff, Takimitsu Nagashi, Mark Savage, and Evie Jaranek. Cub Wrangler, Julie Stone, Animal Trainer, Burt <laughs> Wiley. Pyrotechnician, Paul Motor. Gotta include all those. Did we get a budget, boys? No, we didn't. <laughs> no, I, I never actually ended up seeing one. I actually was looking for one last night and could not fucking find one anywhere. I probably should have asked Mark because I don't think he talks about it in the audio commentary for the Severin release. Fucking A. Starring Robin Brennan as Robin Van Hooten, a.k.a. The Masturbating Gunman, who also was in The Sensitive New Age Killer in 2000, A Bullet in the Arse in 2003, and Trial of Passion in 2003. Colin Savage as Henry, which is Mark's brother, who also was in Marauders in 86, Bloodlust, and The Beautiful and the Damned in 2009. Peter Bettens as Helmut Gunther, who starred in Sensitive New Age Killer in 2000, A Bullet in the Arse in 2003. Nene Powell as Sister Mary Van Hooten, The Nun, with no panties! Simon Wood as John, who also was in Baby Bath Massacre in 94, White Collar Blue in 2002, and City Homicide in 2008, a TV series! Limpy the Goat as himself, Craig Sayers as Bob Dixon, and lastly, Adam Bat as Hideo? Hideo. Hideo, okay. The Wog Boy in 2000, Fishnet in 2002, Underbelly in 2013, a TV series, and House Husbands in 2015, a TV series. Brody? The masturbating gunman is a hero to the modern world. He destroys his enemies with kung fu fighting, hand saws, and guns. But with one small hang-up at the sight of a woman, the gunman immediately begins to gratify himself, no matter what situation he is in. The evil 
Helmut Gunther plans to impregnate a virgin in order to have an her, and the woman he has in mind is a nun, Sister Mary, who happens to be the gunman's sister. But Gunther has a plan to stop the gunman from getting in the way, organising a gang of strippers to keep him preoccupied until Sister Mary is pregnant. So this movie won a couple of awards, including at the Melbourne Underground Film Festival in 2000, Best Actress, Nene Powell, Winner, Winner, Chicken Dinner, and Best Director, Mark Savage, Winner, Winner, Chicken Dinner. Boys, let's get physical. So this week's release is from Intervision Picture Core from the Severn website, which runs 85 minutes not rated, and it includes a 1080p full HD video, English stereo audio, and audio commentary with director, writer Mark Savage, archival making of featurette, which is just glorious, alternate opening sequence, and it is a region-free disc. Glory for that. We all own this disc, and we highly recommend it to all you guys out there. It is a superb release, and I am so fucking happy that this film is on Blu-ray. Boys, what do you think? Well, I had never, ever fucking heard of this film before until you sent me a fucking clip that instantly sold me. And I'm glad I got to fucking watch this film because it is a very underappreciated, fun fucking osploitative film. We need more of this shit. The balls on Savage to go out and make a fucking film like this? Respect. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, even from watching uh, him going through the uh, the Severance Cellar little video that TJ sent me, he even he was so happy just for it to have the physical release that it does too. And I can't blame him. It's actually really great. Uh, no, it, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm glad movies like this are actually getting full proper releases. And we'll use this opportunity to thank Mr. Savage. Cause at the top of the episode, you would have heard his wonderful intro for us. And thank you for, uh, talking to us and talking to Brody and working with us on the show to give us some awesome behind the scenes insights in the making of your film. And I hope we do you good. Boys, take it away. Alrighty. Um, so, uh, in an interview that I found with uh, Innersense.com, um, Mark Savage speaks about the film um, with The Masturbating Gunman is my most personal film, a dark, sometimes blackly comic study of sexual obsession. Uh, again, I explored stark contrasts and raised the futility of forming opinions with first impressions. Uh, in the same interview, Savage describes the meaning behind his unorthodox directorial and writing style as, I love contrast beauty and ugliness kindness and brutality love and hate my films explore our strong dual natures and the war that these natures fight inside us we live in a world that wants to place us in one box we're misunderstood because few of us belong in just one box still society at large feels safer if it can categorize us my films come out of my anger at the ignorance and repression around me the worlds that i create in my films embrace rebellion and anarchy and scorn the conventional they celebrate the freedom to be what we choose so i was able to have a little chat with Mark Savage on Facebook about the film and we got talking about obviously the making of and such but he quotes by saying I made it a long time ago when I was living in Melbourne and no Aussie distributor wanted it because <laughs> of the subject so it kind of went away and got lost for a while David at Severin then called and asked about it last year it was a crazy shooting experience but fun like any film tough to make but I felt it needed it to be made. He also goes on to say that someone who walked out on a theatrical screening in Melbourne was Ken James from 
the Australian TV series Skippy. He was disgusted, and that made our night. <laughs> yeah, good old Skippy stormed out in disgust after another scene of our hero coming on his own face. <laughs> I asked a producer woman friend of mine to the screening, and he was her date. He also goes on to say, the inspiration was a bunch of things. I was a huge fan of J Japan's Rape Man series, so that inspired me to do something along similar crazy lines. But I think it was also acknowledging how much guys are distracted by porn and women to the point where you have to find a way to make it go away so you can do other stuff. My friends and I used to live, uh, my friends and I used to love Melbourne porn shops and we'd visit and stay there for hours, sometimes talking to the people who worked there and talking to embarrassed customers. We weren't embarrassed, but it also came from those visits. On top of that, the villain is somewhat inspired by coffee. And Joe. <laughs> At that time, Aussie censorship was so harsh, so I wanted to make something of my own that was a fuck you to Aussie censorship. It was a crazy time. I hated that the local industry was kind of bland too. <laughs> So, upon watching the Severin release with the audio commentary from director Mark Savage, he states that this version of the film is actually his preferred version, and the prior version, which was only released in Japan and the US on VHS, had a prologue sequence where it was about two or three minute shots of the ocean. But then it cuts to the opening shot of the lead slash hero walking towards the camera, to which he prefers it to get straight to the point. When asked if the screenplay and story was credited to someone, Savage replies, yeah, credited to a fellow named Haruki Koto, and it turns out that his identity wasn't identified. And one of the reasons why Haruki was credited as the writer of the movie, it helped us get that little important aspect of the film happening, which was finance. We needed a major participant in the film who was Japanese, and Haruki fit the bill. The Savage goes on to talk about the differences of the actresses from Australia and the US. Well, it's kind of interesting that I find that in Australia, actors and actresses are a lot, are a lot less self-conscious conscious and move in between things. Whereas I find with the US, it's a little bit more about that I can't do this or if I do nudity, then I can't do this at all. But if you, but if you've got a theater background, you're usually very open and very broad minded, but you also understand that it's definitely not all about making money. It's about art and masturbating. <laughs> So, tug away, Nick, tug away. <laughs> All right. So, Savage talking about the first ejaculating scene of the film. Uh. Well, <laughs> here's our main man of course and we don't really see who he is here but yeah this is one of the sequences it's actually funny someone on set while we were doing this ejaculating shot had a problem by asking what if it goes on the carpet and i'm saying as long as it mostly goes on his face to which it did and what we were doing there was squirting soy milk out of a little carton it was shot in a hotel in melbourne on spencer street and we hired the room but we didn't have to do any decoration it just looked like that it's an absolute stink hole of a hotel to which looks good now but in those days it was like no art direction required and i'd say the come on the carpet might have actually improved it Boom! So we have savage talking about making films with his brother colin who is the gunman's offsider in the film my brother colin who i had been making films with since my super eight days we started making super eights in about 76 and we made about 130 super eights three features the rest were like three minutes 20 or we had done 10 minute ones we made films for a long time together this film uh marauders 
as well, and he's got little guest roles in other movies too. He always liked playing this though because he knew that I love characters that have limps. He's always a good person for doing a limp and does it very well. <laughs> so, uh, Savage also talks about his dad's thoughts on the film. Uh, we used his car, and when I told my dad about it, he said, what's the name of the movie? I said, look, it's just a movie. He said, nah, what is it? I said, it's the masturbating gunman. And he goes, I don't know why you do it. You're just going to waste your time making this. The Savage talks about making these films in Australia at the time. Nobody was really making this kind of thing at the time. And this is also one of the reasons why I moved to America because I was getting no support at all for these kinds of movies. So I figured I should just go to America where at least there's a much broader range of genre films being made. And you don't get treated like you're making porn every time you make a genre film. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so savage goes on to talk about the panty den <laughs> i remember doing this scene and everyone came in wanted to be involved in setting up this set here in this dark room for photography we went out and bought probably about 60 pairs of underwear from target and someone had the job of soiling them a little bit and someone else had soaked them yeah like everyone wanted to be a part of this so it was just one of those films that was a lot of fun to make and everyone was laughing all the time i mean there was barely a take that we got through without somebody busting out laughing and it was often crew members you do see that in the archival footage and it is absolutely hilarious to watch them putting that <laughs> set piece dude together. dude 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 okay so some of my favorite fucking scenes is mark laying on the ground like like handing people shit or explaining this is how you need to react whenever he does this to your dick. That shit <laughs> is just too fucking funny to me. Oh, it's so good. That outside fight scene by the bridge. Uh-huh. The, God, the filming for that. <laughs> so much fun to watch. So we have Savage talking about the screening of the film. Ooh. We had a screening in a theater in Melbourne called the State Theater, which is an art house theater at the top of the city. It was about a 200-seater, and we filled it including my father, his two friends, uh, you know, his old friends from boyhood who he hadn't seen him in years and hadn't even met his son. My mum chickened out, which was probably a good thing because my mum said that it doesn't sound like something that I would like. I said, you're right. It's definitely not something you would like. Um, cast and crew really enjoyed it and there was a lot of laughs. My dad did remain through the entire movie. One of his mates did go outside about just 20 minutes before the end of the film and told me that he just couldn't possibly stay in there for much longer. Um, I have never seen anything like that in my life and I hope to never see anything like that again. (laughs) My dad also then went out, shook his head and goes, you really need to think about what you're doing. (laughs) And finally, uh, throughout numerous parts of the film, you can see a bald guy with a goatee who has actually been in a few of Mark's films. Mark points out that his name is George Gladstone, but is extremely well known as Cunty McFuck. (laughs) This was given to him by his Scottish mother when he was 10 years old. (laughs) 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 Uh, The mother of the year award goes to Mrs. (laughs) You mean Mrs. McFuck. (laughs) So boys, let's talk about it! So, Brody, favorite performance of the film? I'm going to have to go with the masturbating gunman himself. He had me in stitches the whole fucking time. Uh, 
the way he talks to people, especially Mark's brother, over the fucking answer in the phone scene, <laughs> I was fucking pissing myself laughing. Didn't expect it. But it all like works very well, that scene with the fucking camera pan. It's like back and forth. It's just so out of whack but so fucking funny. Uh, you know, wearing a gimp mask and hard yakka overalls, it's just such an Aussie thing, I find. Um, and he's just an everyday <laughs> bloke with a bad habit of wanking 24-7. I mean, what's not to like about this guy? He's a fucking vigilante. Um, yeah, I, I just – yeah, I think he plays this character so well. There's even times where you see his little mustache poking out through the gimp mask. I find that quite hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just – it's fucking off its head. It's a fucking fantastic role for this. Yeah, I, I love it. You mentioned interactions between uh, the gunman and Henry. Uh, one that I found hilarious was whenever he was teaching him how to sniff the panties properly. <laughs> and he starts off and then he just keeps going and going and going. And he's like, stop. What'd you forget? And then it's just the nasal spray. <laughs> Yeah. It's like you can't smell the essence. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Oh I was losing it. <laughs> the the one porno one prostitute a day. This is extremely important. It that, is. That killed me. <laughs> Fuck it, eh? Yeah, I think you know, you said the gunman, but I also have to mention uh the guy who played Helmet Gunta that Peter Bettens. Yep. He is just so fucking funny, and oh my god, some of this dialogue is just out of this world. His delivery is just on point and so fucking comedic. Oh, he is that character. He becomes that character. It's it's rad as fuck. It's it's so funny. Oh, especially at the end. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I'm probably gonna have to agree with TJ on this one. Every exchange between Helmut and his like second in command. Every time he had to give him bad news about anything, I was cracking up the entire time like i just could not hold it times are changing they teach pole dancing at the primary school now i mean just <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'm gonna have to agree with tg on that one helmut is probably my favorite peter did a great job that one is hilarious it's just yeah it's something else from a bad guy i've never seen a bad guy like that i mean oh Fuck it, a eh? set piece, boys. Favorite set piece. I love the that's beach awesome. scene. Ooh, the beach. Okay, I think that's yeah. just so funny. Just the way that's set up and everything. That's I know. Like that was the first scene I've ever seen of this movie. Was the beach scene? I think that might be the first scene I ever showed Brody of this movie. Uh, and it just absolutely I stole my heart. <laughs> it stole my heart in every way. Just everything from just what part of Australia is that, Brody? I think that's uh, down the Ocean Grove, if I'm not mistaken, which is near Geelong. Um, if not, it might be out on the other side of Melbourne on the Mornington Peninsula. Mm -hmm. It's like a very suave part. Well, it's not – it kind of isn't. It isn't a part of Melbourne. Like mm. it's that far out of Melbourne, but it's sort of surrounded. Okay. You know, like it's all close. But, yeah, it's a beautiful – like, yeah, beautiful spots. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to have to go with the fucking panty den. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for Imagine it. Imagine the smell in that room. Nothing but exquisite. Beef, Truly stamp, exquisite. Skin mark vapors. Ah. <laughs> Other than that, the whole scene was lit extremely well. It felt like something out of a David Lynch film, I found. Just had like a dreamlike haze. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fucking dark. Not so, gonna lie. Oh my God, you just compared him to Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I could see TJ just be like. Fuck you, Brody. <laughs> the lighting and the dreamlike haze. There's something there. But yeah. What about you, Slick Nick? Um, 
I'm going to have to go with the gunman's office just as he slowly accrues more phones over the course of the <laughs> movie that he has to have Henry answer. It just, I love it so much. Every time it just seems the cramped little staircase and the guy comes in to have him look for his lost wife. He's got to get frisked by Henry every single time, you know, cramped and claustrophobic. Those and footsteps just... are so loud. Anytime somebody walks up those <laughs> steps. Oh my God. <laughs> Slamming up there, everything all boxed in. He's just like a little shoebox office and everything. I loved it. Even just watching the uh, archival footage of them trying to film in it. It was so cramped that I think it was Colin was knocking the moon off the wall behind him and everything. <laughs> like he just stand up and start knocking shit over. <laughs> uh, I don't say they put a surprising amount of work into that too. Just from seeing the archival footage of him, like making sure everything was placed properly on like just the little coffee tables and everything. I just really liked the, I just really liked the office. Fucking A. Yeah. There's really no bad set pieces. I think they all are uh, fucking funny in their own little way because they're all memorable. I mean, even that uh, that little fucking weird-ass bathroom that the nun gets fucked in. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That's actually boy fucking Savage himself. Oh, yeah? That's Mark fucking the nun, I'm pretty sure. With the, yeah. with the close-up <laughs> yeah. of her ass cheeks jiggling and he, they're just go, he's just going to town on her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's near the end. Yeah. yeah that's actually Mark. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> fucking kudos on the hip power, broski. Uh, <laughs> favorite- The motion in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> favorite scene or shot? Now, can we pick multiples because there's a fucking shot that like it's Gunta smoking a cigarette and then it fades into one of his fucking henchmen. <laughs> You're talking about lynching. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting lynch up in this shit. Oh, fucking A. I was like, I hope there's like a deeper meaning to that. There, there probably isn't. But my- Go Argento if you want. There you go. With uh, his dolls. <laughs> Boys scene? I had the whole beach confrontation scene. Um, that was the scene that sold me. Yeah. I'm watching this in the first place. As you said, you sent that to me. Um, I mean, we have someone's cock amputated with garden shears, seductive <laughs> topless females, getting downright freaky naughty. You know, intestines used as a lasso. I mean, what else do you fucking want? Fuck me, this scene is everything going all at once and it delivers 100%. Fantastic scene. Yeah, if I think I'm gonna- doesn't sell you to watch this, then you're fucking <laughs> idiot. I'm pretty sure it's the first scene in the trailer too because it was right whenever you, you guys sent me the trailer for it that I was like, okay, we have to watch this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to go with it as well because it's uh, the the guy getting his his member dismembered uh, is actually not my favorite death. Uh, so I, I will have to go with that for my favorite full scene then. Yeah. Beat scene, like I mentioned earlier, because, you know, I love the set piece because it's a beautiful setting, but just everything that happens within that set piece is just fucking awesome. And like Brody said, it was the hook for me for this film initially, so gonna pick that. Okay, favorite death and effect. Handsaws, boys. Handsaws is fun. And however the fuck he did that one pummeling scene where he's just quickly punching oh. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny as hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're probably going to have to fucking sense me for saying this next one. Um, <laughs> but I'm just going to go and say it anyway, but fuck it. Um, it's already a controversial episode. I do not give a fuck. I'll go with the nun squeezing the guns out of her now prolapsed pussy and then the gunman <laughs> using those guns to shoot the villain. In it. Damn it, you took mine. <laughs> very moist and swamp sweaty, that scene. Yeah. Just oh. saying. <laughs> right before he basically bear maces. All of the henchmen right before <laughs> him from the ground. 
<laughs> yeah, I was, I was absolutely going to uh, gonna take helmet getting shot with the uh, recently birthed guns as well. Before I forget, I've got to give Mark a shout out for using nothing but Melbourne bitter beer bottles for this film. They're fucking everywhere. Good shit, mate. Best beer. <laughs> <laughs> Extra points for him. Needed to be done. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's just so many deaths in this movie that it's just too fucking great. Fuck. The standing in front of the bridge, ripping off like five people's dicks and just showing it to him and then <laughs> throwing him over yeah. his shoulder into the river. <laughs> Thoughts on story, Brody? Um, I love it. You know, uh, the whole premise is so over the top, uh, but that's what makes it special to us exploitation fans. Mm-hmm. You know, it's violent, funny, action-packed, but it um it uh pretty much it's everything you wanted to be, uh to be entertained with it's definitely a film that would you you would put on with mates crack a beer enjoy a fucking blunt or two and just have a great night I, however i forgot to mention this before i asked Mr. Savage, if we will ever get a sequel to this film. And he quoted by saying, I would consider a sequel. And David at Severin did mention it. So, who knows, boys, we could get a sequel. I hope we do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have to agree with uh, with Brody, the thoughts on the story. I love how over the top it is. I do kind of also like that he did have um, some underlying meaning for it uh, that he kind of elaborated on in, in the interviews and everything with it being uh, kind of a just funny messed up take on like sexual obsession uh, and just getting distracted by it and just everything like that, especially considering he came up with the idea of just going sneaking into to, to porno shops and stuff and just talking talking to the people that were in there that were embarrassed why they were in there yet they're in there talking to them. <laughs> like yeah no i i really think it was a, a really super interesting take on it and it's just over the top and hilarious and it makes it so much easier and more fun to watch too for damn sure yeah i you know it it's easy enough to follow and i think that there it, it's paced well enough it's not too long and i think the the jokes hit just the right way yeah it's fucking rad i mean i'm never going to forget this movie and i hope that more of his films get a proper release like this because honestly this is like trash cinema at its finest and i mean that and with like the utmost respect uh <laughs> This is awesome. Yeah. It's endearing. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A. Impact and takeaways. Brody, uh, as an Aussie, what do you take away from this? Yeah. Uh, but I just love the fact that Savage pretty much just went out with friends and family and said, look, fuck it, let's just shoot a movie. Yeah. You know? And and just the batshit crazy idea that he definitely made work and enjoyable from start to finish. You don't get many filmmakers like that anymore. And, you know, like I said earlier, to have the balls to create such controversial content and make it still a fun experience it's that's fucking awesome um i obviously didn't realize how strict australia was in the film industry you know to make this sort of stuff back then um and yeah like i was hugely surprised however i think mark has really outdone himself and i'm glad that i've fucking watched this um yeah it's a awesome australian film and i mean yeah i just love i just one thing before i die is to see this in a cinema i just want to see this on the big screen yeah i think that'd be rad that would be amazing with a group of people that'd be fucking awesome fucking a. <laughs> nick um yeah no i i just really like to see that the, it, it just got made yeah. um i would say with the impact i'd like to see it as an ongoing thing um since the actual physical release of this the severin one uh was just done very recently um i'd like to see the impact go on to just see more of these budget b movies from any country really just start to get actual proper releases so that they can be seen by plenty more people because i think 
think it, up until this release, this was just only available on VHS, right? Yeah, in in its other title, which I forgot to mention at the top Mask of the show. Avenger? Masked Avenger versus the Ultra Villain in the Lair of the Naked Bikini. <laughs> <laughs> really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a Rob Zombie album. It does. It does. <laughs> now we don't know for sure. Uh, before I talk about my little bit there, uh, if this was ninety-seven or two thousand, the Blu-ray says nineteen ninety-seven, and then other sources say two thousand. The fuck if we know. We're just podcasters. Uh, upon research, we couldn't get any clarification. So if anybody out there knows uh, knows the answer to that, let us know. Impact and takeaways, like these boys kind of mentioned already. But I hope the impact is that it affects the community, that they want more and more stuff like this so that these boutique companies reach more into the, this type of genre and release more things like this. Takeaways, I want to see more of Mark Savage's films. I'm interested now. I want to see what else he has to bring to the table. I want to see how he's progressed as a director over the last couple of years. I know that he's mentioned about his film Purgatory Road and he's interested to see what we think about that. So definitely want to talk about that in a later episode. But yeah, fucking eight. This movie's definitely one for the ages uh the legendary masturbating gunman will live on and i think it's time that we rate this bad boy so this week's rating is legendary mass gun with uncontrollable masturbation urges out of five brody take it away i'm gonna have to give it a uh 3.8 fucking a nick uh i'm gonna have to go ahead and give it i think a three and a half i'm gonna give it a 4.2 and that is an lce score of 3.8 out of 5 for the masturbating gunman also known as mass avenger versus is ultra villain in the layer of the naked bikini from 1997 or 2000 we don't know <laughs> i mean i could have asked mr savage himself but fuck <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. Well, what's next episode, boys? It's one of your picks, I believe. Is it Tenebre? I think so, it's yeah. Tenebre. I think it was. Because it was, yeah. Kill Just, List. Tenebre. I think so, yeah. So next week's episode is Dario Argento's Tenebre, continuing our season tradition of including an Argento movie. It is our theme song. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> It's about time we did it. Yes. And I can't wait to show you boys that film. Uh, I believe Brody has the Arrow release. Yes, I do. And thank you for buying that for me, Mr. Bowser. Absolutely. I have, fuck, what is it? Synapse? A sun, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, that would be correct. The Synapse film release here in the US. I hope it gets a 4K release at some point. I don't know who would release that. Probably Synapse here, and then Brody would probably get a sweet 4K from Arrow. But uh, anyway, tune in for the next episode to hear our thoughts on Dario Argento's Tenebre. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of your favorite podcast. This is the pod boss, TJ Bowser. Sign it off. This is your doppelganger, Kanga Banger, all the way from down under saying, I'll catch you motherfuckers next week. Slick next signing out. Thank you all for listening. Hope to see you next week. Thank you.